Hi, all, and welcome to Latte and Laundry. I'm Suzanne Billadeau. And I'm Julie Lorne. And this is a podcast, two best friends on a mission in finding balance in motherhood, wifehood, sisterhood, and everything in between as we attempt to crawl towards the greater height that Christ has called each of us, sainthood. So if you are also far from perfect but are trying, then you are in good company. So grab a latte and some laundry and join us as we laugh, cry, encourage one another, and dust each other off as we journey towards stilling our souls while moving our world. Welcome back, everybody, to Latte and Laundry. Um, We are so excited to be back in the studio. Suzanne and I have been gone for like three weeks, and we are here, finally. Um, It's been such a blessing working on our marriage podcast. Um, And we have, I feel like, gone through everything we can on our side. So we have actually asked a guest that we are just so honored. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to let Suzanne do that. (laughs) But we are wrapping up our marriage series with an amazing guest. Um, Because Suzanne and I, you know, you've heard us. You've heard our little tidbits. Yeah. But now it's time for somebody else to um, give their perspective. So before we start, um, we are going to do our Bible reading. Picked up by Suzanne. This is beautiful. Um, This is from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 7 through 9. A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh, so that they no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. <laughs> well done, Suzanne. Good choice. Oh, okay. I mean, we hear that one all the time, all but the I feel time. like I kind of like want to dive into that one a little deeper today. But before we do anything with regards to this Bible verse, I am so excited to uh, intro our our guest today, which is the lovely Alicia Hernan. Hi, Alicia. Yay. Welcome. Hello, ladies. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. So Alicia is a podcaster, speaker, and wife to her amazing hubby, Mike, of, what is it, 27 years, I think, right? Wow. Oh, I'm good. Okay. I like did the math there. Okay. (laughs) And, And mama to 10 beautiful children. And what I love about Alicia the most and why we're so honored to have her here is she's just super passionate and fiery about the call of the mission and the witness of the family unit. So mm. we're just like, oh, for somebody to come. Amen. Yes, amen, yes. amen, amen, right? <laughs> she just like, just like is so convicted clearly um, about this call. And if you don't know who Alicia is, check, you've got to check out her podcast with her hubby. Um, she's the co-host, which she does with her husband, which is why I can also call him amazing because I feel like I know him because oh, I've been listening to amazing. them. Um, their podcast is called The Messy Family Project, which they've been doing for over six years now. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, oh my that- gosh, that's crazy. Um, yeah. And it's funny because I'm a huge fan. And I was telling Alicia earlier that um, when I started listening to podcasts, it started, I don't know, maybe like seven or eight years ago. And the only podcast I really listened to on a consistent basis was Father Mike Schmitz, which you guys have all heard me talk about him a ton. I'm kind of obsessed with listening <laughs> to all things Father Mike Schmitz. And the other one I started listening to regularly and frequently was the Messy Family Project podcast, which it was originally called the Messy Parenting Project, which changed. Right. So I, I always want to refer to it as that. And I'm like, no, 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 Messy. Me too. It, it literally took me like a year to stop saying yes! Messy Parenting. Yeah, because I feel like I was with you guys in the baby stages of that podcast. That's my right. my yes, sister sure. introduced a it to me. And I was like, this is so good. So they just have really 
together as a couple are very convicted Amen. about marriage and family. And mm. their ministry is just so beautiful because they just, I mean, you guys say it all the time. It's one of the things I love all the time that you guys would say in your podcast is, we're not experts, right? We're just your brothers right. and sisters in Christ trying to give you guys good advice. And I just think that's so beautiful because you do have the 27 years of experience and 10 kiddos, and you've probably walked through a lot of things and are here today with us with regards to this topic of marriage specifically to help give us some of that practical advice and wisdom that um, we all really need. So before we go in, ask you any questions, Alicia, we'd just love for you to, you know, kind of tell us a little bit more about yourself and the ministry and all that. Oh, gosh. Well, um, you know, I, we always tell people when they interview us, I'm like, we are podcasters and we like talk for a living. So I can <laughs> talk for a long time. So I'm going to try to like throttle myself. Here. I love so, it. I love it. Well, I think one of the most interesting things about me and our my upbringing is that I'm actually one of 10 as well. Wow. So I, I have 10 children, but I'm also the second of 10 children. Okay. And Mike, I mean, Mike just has like a medium-sized family. Like he's the second youngest of six. So, so you know, it's like, not even not that big, big of a family. Not big <laughs> at all. So he always would say when we got married, he was just like, so we're going to have 16 children. You know, you come from 10, I'm from six. <laughs> We wound up having said, but whatever. Um, but I feel like we've been really blessed to have a lot of amazing Catholic families come into our orbit mm. that we could learn from along the way. Like even before we were married, like both of us in the communities in which we were raised mm. and from our own families, Michael comes from a divorced um, family. He's learned a lot through that. Mm-hmm. He was always super intentional about his own, about building our family because mm. of that. And so, you know, it's just like, hey, God takes the the ugliness of the resurrection, of the crucifixion and gives us the resurrection, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, right? amen. He, he, he raises this young man in this really crappy home life, but he is, he takes that and he makes this man into a beautiful husband and father. So, you know, God, God can do anything. So that's like the messy family part, right? right. That it's like, you know, hey, we're, this is life. Things don't turn out, number one, the way we choose, right. or number two, the way we expect, right. you know? But we have been very, very blessed with our kids and, and just living in the community. We live in Steubenville, Ohio. We Woo-hoo. both went to Franciscan. <laughs> we both went to Franciscan University. That's where we met. We married in the middle of our senior year. Wow. I always feel like I, I didn't know that. Say, yeah. Yes. So we, and then we had our daughter uh, a year and a half after that. Um, and then we just stayed here. Like we've been here ever since. And we've had plenty of chances to move, but we have chosen to be here really because of the community um, for our children to grow up in. We were both from the East Coast. Mike is from Long Island, New York. I was grew up outside of uh, Philadelphia. I know we're both like oh. East Coast snobs when we were in college. <laughs> we were both like in college and we we're like, when we graduate, we are so out of here. We're going back <laughs> east. Like there's no good museums, there's no good restaurants, blah, blah, blah. But after we started raising our family, we absolutely love living here. Like, we how can Midwest. it be? Uh, absolutely. We love the Midwest. We love Ohio. Um, Midwest just right of- here. Midwest. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm from Wisconsin, but I went to, both my husband and I went to Franciscan as well. Um, oh. And we, we would have been there at the same time, but I sadly don't think we ever met when I was there. Um, oh, really? No, I don't think so. I was, I would think I was That's there funny. from like 2005 to 2008. But uh-huh. I mean, you know, you're in your own little like 
school world when you're there, but totally. yes. yeah, so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. So we, um, yeah. So we started this podcast, um, really as a response to my younger brothers and sisters asking us a lot of questions, like mm. when we would get together for family gatherings, because they all have kids like under the age of 10. So they'd be like, what do you do when your kids are lying? Or how do you handle mm, toddlers? Yeah. And, you know, we would wind up answering all these questions. So finally, one of them was like, this is literally eight years ago, nine years ago. They were like, you should do a podcast. And I was like, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> because I really did not listen to podcasts yeah. or anything. I mean, they The podcast world has really exploded. It has, you know, yep. Past mm-hmm. like five years or so. So anyway, so we started doing this podcast really... Actually, that's not true. They asked us for about two years to do a podcast. Putting off, we were like, it's crazy. We don't have any time for this. You know, I had like my... My 10th child was like a newborn. Oh right. my like, gosh. No, You're on yeah. crack. Like, yeah. I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, but as time went on, we did start doing it as a hobby. And, and, and the best way to put it really is that God just started moving in our hearts mm. and just, and he really started like knocking on Mike's heart and then pretty soon like pounding on his heart to start this ministry. Wow. Like, That's it fantastic. Was, it just became really obvious after doing the podcast for a couple years that we were really feeling a need, and um, and we're so we're so blessed. So we do this full time. So yeah, the messy is now our full time work. Um, I'm I'm part time because I still do have five children at home. Right. <laughs> so five are launched, I would say, for the most part. But then uh, five are still at home, so I really don't want to work full time. But uh, but what my ages are hour. what ages are the kids that are home right now? Sure. Yeah. So um, 15 to eight. So we have a boy in high school, then one in junior high who will be in high school next year. And then three children. We're so blessed. We have an independent Montessori school, a Catholic Montessori school. And I serve on the board. I helped start the school, serve on the board now. And so our three youngest kids go there. And that's a huge blessing. It's a huge blessing. And they have two daughters at Franciscan right now. Uh, One is a teacher in Cincinnati and then two are married. And I have three grandchildren, Stop. so I still have toddlers. Yes, yes I have. Oh my goodness! Right? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Well, but it's blessing. Yeah, it must have been a pretty efficient way to give your younger, your eight younger siblings advice too. Considering, like, hey, let's just record it once, Mike, and then let's let them listen to it instead of consistently Honestly, answering questions. 100%. Yeah. You're like, this is pretty efficient. Well, you touched on something that you said, which is like a trigger word for me. You said um, we are both very intentional. Uh, very early on. And this is something that I'm really passionate about. I talk to Julie about it so all the time. I love it. Where I say, I think I entered life. You know, I always followed the rules. I was Catholic. I always did the things. And I kind of considered, I call it now, I was floating. And it wasn't until I started having kids that I looked in the mirror and realized I was not reflecting the image and likeness of Christ that I was called to. And just started having this like little fire inside me of like, I can no longer live passively and floating. I was always type A. So nobody would ever say I was passive. They'd be like, what are you talking about? You're so intentional. But I mean intentional in terms of the wife that I am and the mom that I am. And actually let that be a fire inside my heart and something swirling around in my brain and not in this like anxious, hasteful way, but this in, hey, I'm going to be intentional about the kind of family we have here. And I think it was so cool because I read something that you guys had written that said, um, in a culture antithetical to marriage, just getting by is not enough. 
All yes. Catholic couples need to work to cultivate a dynamic, vibrant relationship, strong enough to bear the demands of family life and weather everything the world will throw at it. And I think that circles back so much to our Bible verse, which is, therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. So I just would love to get your thoughts on this like idea of living an intentional marriage, being an intentional wife, right? Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this is this is so great. I'm just like, I, I feel like just hearing you talk, I'm just like brimming. I'm just like, yeah, so much yes. say. <laughs> okay, good. I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm just like in awe over here. This is awesome. <laughs> no, this is this is really it's so fun. So, first of all, we need to recognize that marriage, and this is gonna sound so elementary, but I just want to start here. Marriage is a vocation, right? Mm-hmm. What is a vocation? A vocation is your path to holiness. Mm. This is how you will become holy. Ladies, you as married women, myself as a married woman, God is not asking to become holy by going and serving the poor on the streets, okay? Right. He's not asking you to become holy by forming a religious order or by kneeling on rice or whatever, mm. whatever all those saints in the bed, sitting on a you know, one of the, the pole like the middle of the desert, yes, right? Like, yes. All of these inspiring things that these saints have done. That's not how he's asking us to become holy. Mm. He's asking you to become holy by getting up in the middle of the night, taking care of that baby who needs you. Oh, you know, man. he's he's asking you, like you were saying before, Julie, about um, your husband working on this project till midnight. He's asking you to become holy by supporting him and encouraging him. Even though maybe him going to bed late means that you stay up late too because you can't go to sleep till he gets to bed. All of these, notice they're all having to do with sleep. Like this is an issue. (laughs) (laughs) But this is our path to holiness. And God is, that's the scripture that says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. I feel like Mm. that, I, I think about that all the time. What does that mean? It doesn't mean that God expects perfection from us. And that's how he's going to love us if we're perfect. No, not at all. It means exactly what you're saying, Suzanne, that we need to strive for holiness. Mm. We need to strive for holiness. It's There's always more. You've never arrived. You've never arrived. I feel like in my 27 years of marriage, in so many ways, I feel like I'm just getting started. Uh, I'm being honest with you. you. I'm a professional Catholic, right? Right, yeah. Quotes, right? Yeah, yeah, here we go. You would think, you would think that I'd be like, oh my God, I can't even remember the last time we fought. Yeah, I can. It was yeah. like three days ago. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it was like before we came over. No, uh, no. Yes, or maybe it was, maybe it was today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's not what it's about. What it's about is about you get up and you try again, you ask forgiveness, mm. you ask for God's mercy, and you say, you know what, babe, I love you, and I'm I'm still working on it. Amen. I'm still working on it. We're still working on a relationship. You're always still working on it. My parents, who we celebrated, let's see, they've been married 50, I think it's like 54 years or so, probably 54 wow. years now, wow. you know, with the 10 children, beautiful, holy couple. I just, I love them and admire them so much. I remember my dad, even in the past few years, you know, like seeing my parents disagree, like they were taking care of my, um, my younger sister's kids. One day <laughs> I, was talk- I was talking to them because my sister was having a baby. So they were there helping, helping out. And I was like, Hey mom, you know, so how's it going? She was like, 
your father. I keep trying to do school with Liam and he's not watching Bash. (laughs) She was totally frustrated with him. And I'm just like, that gives me hope. You know what I mean? It really does. Totally. Mm -hmm. Because they have a beautiful relationship. They have a beautiful marriage. Like you can imagine one without the other, but they're still, you know, like it's not like no effort. There's still, there's always effort that has to go into it. And it's through that effort that God is refining my mom, Mm -hmm. my effort with my husband, you know, that God is refining me and making me into more of who he wants me to be. And we can just never, ever forget that and never float along because you know what? Like marriage is, is hard work. Hard work. It really is. It's hard work and it's so worth it. And it's so worth it because there's so much joy, you know, uh, when you put in that hard work. Yeah. And you, you said something about like that conversation happening. You're, you're so thankful for your parents and their, and their marriage, but they still are, you know, fighting and they're, it's beautiful. So I guess a question I have for you in regards to that is, um, what has been your favorite piece of advice? Mm in regards to communicating with your spouse? Because I know that's a really, that's a big struggle. Even I know my husband and I actually went to counseling for just that reason. Mm-hmm. And it was so beneficial for us. 100%. Um, so what is something like a piece of advice in in for married couples? Mm-hmm. All right. I'm just like writing down things. So I'm like, ah, yes. I like remember what to say. All right. So in some ways, um, I, I don't, all right. In the beginning of marriage, because I feel like you go through different phases, right? Um, when you're married, maybe for the first five years is very different. The kind of like communication skills that you really need to build up are different than if you're after you're married for maybe 20 years. You're still learning. You you never stop learning. Correct. But I think that some of the lessons may be a little bit different. But those um, in those early years, I think it's very important to remember... I, early years, but at all time, it's always important to remember to put yourself when you're listening to really listen with your heart and try to get out of yourself and listen, really trying to understand where is that person coming from? Mm. And like Mike would say to me that sometimes when we would have conflict, he would just tell himself over and over again, I know she loves me. I know she loves me. She loves me. You know, and when you're he, like screaming and he's like, I feel like listening to you. I'm like, if this was, exactly. if I had to give my husband that advice, that's what would be happening. I'd be like, and just like trying to keep in mind, um, keep in mind why, what is the purpose of this communication? The purpose of the communication is not so that you are right. Mm. The communicate the purpose of your communication should be unity, right? Hundred percent. The purpose of yeah. your is unity. So you're listening to the other person, trying to understand where they are coming from, and so then you can, after you're done listening to that, taking that in, and really seeing your part in that. Maybe if there's something you need to apologize for, ask. Well, that's that's a whole other forgiveness is a whole yeah. other point, honestly, in itself which is so key. But first I would say the purpose of your communication is unity. And really to keep that in mind is that if you're thinking, I'm going to, we're going to have this argument because I'm a better arguer than that, than they are. And mm-hmm. some, especially women are very many times better arguers or better, better verbally 100%. than the husbands, right? <laughs> yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then some husbands have that kind of fight or flight 
And I, I found that a lot of husbands were flight. In other words, they just shut down. Yeah. Because they're not, you know, like they're not, they're not going to fight you. They're, they're not good. Most husbands, like most good men are not going to like, they're not going to go there. Mm. They're just going to be like, I'm just shutting down. And I heard once someone say that it's because, um, the blood flow and stuff gets so intense that the mechan it's actually like a, uh, preservation mechanism where they don't want to let that release. It's actually a protection where they walk away in and in, in not just be like, I want to abandon you or I just want to exit. I mean, I'm sure there's an element of that, but a lot of it, it's this actual innate thing in the man that's like, there's an animal instinct that's roaring up inside of my blood flow. Like we we go and we're like, you know, our animal yeah, instinct. Yeah. That it's actually like, no, we actually have to, I have to stop and I have to remove myself because Otherwise, As a man, what this would look like mm. would be wildly exactly. different if I right. was talking the way you were talking. Like, it would be oh. scary, right? And so there's this, like, innate thing that they shut down as a preservation and protection over the relationship. And I'm like, oh, wow. that's a really beautiful way to God look at it. Really I was really like, good with that one. Yeah, that's beautiful. Smart. When we were first married, I can remember, I think there was, like, once or twice when Mike raised his voice at me, and I literally just started to cry. I was just like, ah! <laughs> yeah, I don't know and, if I can yeah. handle that. You know, and, and because it was because, and, and you think about that, that's why I think it's so important for women, especially to control our emotions when mm. we are communicating with our husbands, because it's not fair. 100%. It, it's, yeah. it, it's really not, it's not fair. And if you are having trouble controlling your emotions, Maybe sometimes you can just say, babe, can we just take a pause? Like, I just take a pause and I need to walk away to get myself together. And let's talk about this in a little bit. And I think it's really good to say that. I heard um, Lisa Popchak once Mm -hmm. said, she was like, there is a point to don't let the sun go down on your anger. But then there's a contrary point to realize that sometimes it's okay to say, you know what? We just need to take a pause and sleep on this, especially if it's late at night and talk about it in the morning, yeah. you know, because that communication is really important and you really need to have all of your faculties about yourself to get to that place of unity with your spouse. Yeah. Definitely. Honestly, sometimes just a good night's sleep. I wake up and I'm like, oh. I don't know why that bothered me and so yeah, And bad. you're like, well, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't oh. recall. Why were we fighting? Why are we fighting? Yeah. It's like, really, I just so needed true. some sleep. It's so true. And I think something else that you touched on that is really important. It's funny because we recorded our first two episodes of this marriage podcast, this marriage series, like, like a month, month and a half ago, like a while ago. Yeah. And um, when you were speaking, you said something along the lines of it's never done. You've never been like, okay. And I think you guys talk about, I've heard you talk about this in the past too. Like you've never gotten to this point where you're like, okay, I love him perfectly now. Now we're good. Like I'm all set. Nothing else. <laughs> <My worst thing. laughs> no. And it's funny because in preparation for this marriage podcast, I was listening to our other two in the series and I was like, dang. Yeah. Like I was totally taking it in because my husband and I had had a fake fight on a date recently and I'm just really struggling. And I was listening to the marriage podcast ticket um, before, uh, before this. And I was like, I was teasing my husband. I was like, babe, I listened to some really great advice on this this (laughs) marriage. And it was that idea of like, I just recorded this two months ago. And not that I, when I, when we recorded it, I felt like I had all the answers, but it's that constant reminder. It's that constant um, realization of the calling of who we are supposed to be. Like you said, this calling of bringing each other to holiness. And if your unity, if your marriage is on that path to holiness, there's really nothing more important than that. 
And we have to keep that in, in our, we have to kind of like see the decisions that we make with our spouse about our family through that lens. And um, I feel like yeah. it trickles down as well into the children. Like if you and your mm. spouse are are united and obviously core, you know, fights happen here and there, your arguments happen. But for the most part, like if, if one parent says one thing, the other parent's always on board. Like my husband will, like if kid, mm-hmm. you know, they always try to play the card. Oh, like I'm totally. going to ask mom. If mom says, no, I'm going to go ask dad. Dad's always like, well, what mom say? Yeah. You know, like we're, we're in it together. And, and when the kids know that mom and dad are, are united Definitely. and, and strong and, you know, regardless of little things that might happen, like they feel it, they feel safe. They feel protected. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like kids instinctively know that their life almost literally depends on these two people, Mm. these two people being there for them. They can't, kids can't articulate that, but I don't know if you've ever had the experience of like holding a child and then they're they're trying to hug both of you at once, yes. you know, right? Right? And they <laughs> yeah. like it's like, and, and my, we would just like stand next to each other. We do this with our granddaughter now, and they like want to hold oh, both of yeah. you. And it's such a symbol of like they feel that they mm-hmm. want mommy and daddy to be united, to be together, and they instinctively knows that. And there is no greater gift than we can that we can give our children than a strong, united marriage, a beautiful foundation. There's, um, there's this saying that we brought up at one of our, our recent podcasts um, by John, John Rosemond, who has written extensively on marriage and parenting. Like he's an, um, been around for a long time. And he said, and I thought this really kind of rocked my world a little bit, but he said, parenting is easy. Staying married is hard. Mm. And I think that that's very true because if you, it's kind of like, if you get Just like what you were saying, if you get the marriage thing right, Mm -hmm. and even if you don't know everything about how to answer your child's response perfectly and how to respond the right way, discipline-wise or whatever, but if you're united with your spouse and you are at one and you have each other's back, you're going to have the energy you need. You're going to be filled up emotionally. Mm -hmm. You're going to be filled up even with who you are. To, and that is going to flow out to your kids. So you're less likely to kind of react to your children out of your own woundedness when you are filled up in your marriage and you are strong and you are united with your spouse and you're receiving the love that you need from God through your spouse, right? Exactly. Through that sacrament of matrimony. That just flows out to your kids. Yeah. And I think that modern psychology has made parenting way too complicated. I agree. It's really not that complicated. And I think we need to focus more on that marriage relationship and let our parenting flow out of that. Amen. So how would you recommend um, couples fill that tank? Because like you said, when that tank is full, the, the kids feel it. They feel mom and dad love each other. They feel it. And I, I know at one point in one of your blog posts, I think it was, you talked about date night. And I think you guys weekly do date night. Um, and you said, sometimes you can't leave the home. So, mm-hmm. and I feel like in my situation right now, like my in-laws are an hour away. My parents live in Wisconsin. So us leaving the home weekly would be impossible. So like, yeah. what are some recommendations you have? And maybe what was your favorite, like outside date night, inside date night? Yeah. So Bishop Olmsted, who is the Bishop of Phoenix, had a beautiful pastoral letter to the families of Phoenix. It's called mm-hmm. Complete My Joy. I highly recommend everybody Ooh. reading it. We'll put it's it in very, our show very notes. super. 
Yeah, it's super easy to read. It's it's just like a father talking to you. And one of the lines he says in there, he says, relationships are built with the material of time. Mm. And, I, and he says time, and he's talking specifically to parents about date night, about getting time alone together. And he says in it, time alone without the children. And I was just like, God bless you, Bishop. Like you see <laughs> yeah. us. Like you yeah. know what you're talking about, brother. <laughs> and he goes on, and there's so many more things, but but just that phrase, the material of time. And so we can never forget that. So I think that as far as like date night in the home, we did so oh my God, we've done so many date nights at home. So we would eat when the kids were really little. So so many things. All right. So first, number one, um, when the kids were young, we were always very strict on bedtime. You know, when they we when they're under the age of five, my gosh, they were in bed by 7 30, 8 o'clock for sure. Like everybody under the age of 10 pretty much is always in bed by eight. Now, of course, as our kids get older, that's more like 8 39, you know. But yeah. it also works as they're older, and then it's easier to get babysitters and stuff. So, yes, you know, so it works. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, but putting them to bed early. Sometimes Mike would put the kids to bed and I would come downstairs and I would like make dinner for us. Like we would feed the kids first and yes. then we would second for meal. Ourselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm all under- about the second meal. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Sometimes we would just like move a table into like our living room and we would watch a movie or something as we were eating dinner, you know, and then we could have time to talk after that or we would have dinner with the kids. Mike would put the kids down. I would like set up our bedroom with like candles and music and flowers. And, you know, we would do all of those kinds of things like at home. And I think, or even putting your kids to bed, finding a babysitter that will come at 7.30 to come at eight o'clock. You put the kids to bed, they're down. Somebody comes just like literally just in the house, you know, or trading off with another couple. Hey, we'll babysit for you. Somebody comes over here and watches TV for two hours so we can go out. And then next week, we'll do it for you. So I feel like there's so many different ways that we can problem solve the whole date night issue. Um, And I find that a lot of couples too quickly say, well, I can't because I have little kids. Mm. And, And that just really bothers me because those first five years, for sure, 10 years of marriage are critical critical. Mm-hmm. And then you wind up having, I, I spent all these times on the kids and then I don't even know who my spouse is anymore. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I remember times when we would, the first time I think Michael, I, Mike and I went away for a weekend together. I think we had been married for six years and I was pregnant with my fourth child. But I remember going away for that weekend. I don't even remember who watched our kids. I think maybe we brought them to my parents' house or something. But that weekend feeling like, I remember you. Oh. <laughs> like I know who you are. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it really like it just invigorated and revived us. So it was so, so important that that we did that. And so we were big advocates as well of finding time, even every five years, you know, to go away for a weekend. And then as you get older, you'll find it's easier and easier as you have more relationships, right. children get older and all of that. But it really is so worth it. it. It's it's so worth it for your marriage because you cannot underestimate the value of giving your spouse your time. And you really do need to 
to have that time where you're not mommy anymore. Yeah. Like you're not yeah. like we're just a wife, yeah. you know? And, and, and when the kids were really little, like three months, six months, we would always say like, if they can't talk, it's like, they don't count. Like we yeah, would have to take them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's, that's no big deal. Right. Cause it doesn't matter what you say in front of them. Doesn't yeah. really matter. Just put them on the boob and we're good for a while. <laughs> exactly. Right? exactly. Yeah. You know, so I was just like, you know, the, so I don't mean like a, a baby baby, but I mean, by the time they're walking or they're yeah. really crawling around getting yeah. into stuff, you, you got to have time when and you're buying. I remember hearing you guys talk in a podcast from forever ago. Maybe you repeated a lot too that you stress out about who's going to watch the kids and how are the kids going to do with this person. And you do all this stuff and you're like, I promise you the fruit <laughs> that will come out of the fact that you spent that time with your spouse will far right. exceed the food fed by the babysitter 10 years from now, the kid's not going to remember they didn't like this or that, but they'll remember mom and dad had a strong marriage. And like, that's like really important for us to remember to get over those little fears and worries and to just put your your spouse first, like make that the priority. And and something else that you touched on that I, I think is really important. I don't think we've talked about at all in our marriage series is um we talked about like, okay, if you don't spend that time, how do you really know your spouse, right? Mm. And something that I feel like is really important that we pass over with our busy schedules and stuff is this idea of vulnerability and how important vulnerability is in a marriage. And I'm just going to quote you guys again. Um, But I could just because I feel like it's so true and so powerful. And I know I've heard you guys talk about this over the years. And I think it's something that we just don't really make sure that we're invested in that vulnerability with one another. You say, for our marriages to grow, we need to revere, reveal ourselves to the other. And this involves risk. For many mm-hmm. men, the risk is seeming weak. For women, the risk is getting hurt. But there really is no option. In the married relationship, you are either growing or dying. We need to all learn how to honestly share our inmost thoughts and feelings in the context of marriage if our marriage is going to truly bring us life. Mm. And I just like would love to get like your own experiences with this idea of like the importance of that vulnerability to really know your spouse as you're going and to not be because I think it's important we talk about this idea of being a teammate and being united. But Julie and I were just talking about this offline that it shouldn't just be like a functional partnership. Right. Right. Like, okay, do you got the the kid doing this? I'll do this. It needs to be more intimate. And that vulnerability is a key component of that. Right. So I just love to get your thoughts on that. So, (laughs) so several, several thoughts. All right. So two main thoughts. Number one is we have to remember that God gave us marriage to be a sign of his love for humanity. Mm. How did God, how does God love humanity? How does Christ love the church, right? You see Jesus naked on the cross, laying it all out there. He just gives it all, everything, every, everything he has given to us. And that is how vulnerable, when you really try to like put yourself in that place of our Lord, especially during, you know, the passion week and we have holy week. Um, you know, thinking about that, how vulnerable Christ was, and are we that vulnerable with our spouse? We are to be that sign. We're to be that sign for the world. This is how much Christ loves his church and to just kind of have that in our mind. So that's kind of like the theological aspect. But then there's the real human aspect of being vulnerable, right? Yeah. 
So I think one of the best people to read about vulnerability is Brene Brown. If you haven't already heard of her, she is just absolutely fabulous. She's a series of talks on Audible called The Power of Vulnerability. Um, if you, I don't, I don't, I'm sure you have probably have to pay for them, but whatever you have to pay for them, it's worth it. They're so, and she's an amazing speaker. So, so good. But she has actually done research on vulnerability and has found that vulnerability is the key to authenticity mm-hmm. and to joy and to any kind of real relationship, any kind of real relationship, you have to be vulnerable. And, and I feel like as I have lived through my marriage and, and I first started, you know, reading and listening, uh, her stuff probably like five or six years ago. And I, and I find that there's, again, it's like, there's always more, right? Like I can be so vulnerable with my spouse, but then there's still parts of my heart that I, or things to admit that even when I have to say, I was really hurt when you said that, Mm. that's being really vulnerable Mm. because I don't know what he's going to say. Is he going to say, well, too bad, you know, or is he going to say, well, I don't know, or how is he going to react, you know? And there's deeper and deeper levels of trust that we have with our spouse. But the thing is, you only get to those deeper levels of trust through risk. Mm. You know, somebody has to be the one to be vulnerable, to open up our hearts and say, I was really hurt by that. Or to say, you know what? I'm really sorry I spoke to you in that way. You know, will you please forgive me? Or or whatever it is, or just to admit, you know what? I didn't want to do such and such because I'm afraid of failing or whatever it is. I mean, there's right. just like so many different instances, but that's really the only way to gain that deeper level of trust. And for us to recognize too, like on the flip side, to recognize when our spouse is being vulnerable with us and to really um, empathize with them and respect the the dignity of what they're sharing at that moment and just kind of sit there and receive that. And I think that that listening is a whole other skill, right? To yeah, learn of like, how, I know it's so hard for people like, right? <laughs> oh, that's definitely something I have to grow in for sure. No, I would totally, totally. And just to be able to listen and receive your spouse's vulnerability. I mean, really, that is how, that's really how we're going to grow. And I, and I just recommend Brene Brown. Um, She's not Catholic. She's a Christian, but she is so many great insights that really um, just listening to her, it really resonated with my own experience and from what we've experienced in listening to other couples through well, the podcast. my sister who gave me advice a long time ago to listen to you guys also was like, you've got to listen to Renee Brown Get about out. vulnerability. And I just haven't gotten around to it because that's life. But now I'm like, okay, maybe I should, this is God tapping on my shoulder. You should really yeah. listen to well, it. Again, we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. But I, it's interesting because you talk about vulnerability. Like, I feel like it goes along like our spouse you know, obviously number one in this, but also with our children mm-hmm. and with friendships. And I'm sitting here with Suzanne, like pointing like this girl, like we have been stretched in so many beautiful ways during this podcast mm-hmm. because we're like, we're in each other's lives. We're so deeply united and we have to be vulnerable. 100%. Otherwise this will not work. And we have to be real. And it's been so beautiful because I feel like my spouse and I and your spouse, like we're, we've hit such beautiful levels with that. So we can then Mm-hmm. transfer that to friendships. Amen. You know? Yeah. There's so totally many beautiful agree. pieces in that that God's really designed. Yeah. Yeah. And really God asks us to be vulnerable with him as well. Oh, you yeah. know, like I was in spiritual direction last month and um and talking to the the sister I do spiritual direction with and she was talking about 
she was asking me about my prayer. And, and one of the things she encouraged me to do, she's like, when you feel like you're praying too much with your head and not with your heart, what you need to do is you need to just open your heart and allow the Lord to see you, you know, and open your heart and just say, what I'm really struggling here. Like, and just being honest in your prayer and allowing him to see you. And that's really that vulnerability, even with the Lord. And the funny thing is, is like, he already actually sees you, right? It's like, it's like letting yourself know you're seen. Yeah, that's right. Right, right, right. And I just, there's such power in that. I feel like it's so free. That we did. Well, I mean, maybe not in order. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there's so much freeing power when you're just like, okay, rip it off. And yes, like, I know you see me. So now I'm going to like receive that we are like united in that. Like that, you know who I fully am and seen. And that's that that deep vulnerability that's powerful for, for all relationships. And seeing it, it, that is how we learn about how gentle the Lord is. Mm-hmm. He is so gentle. He's not going to be like, the Lord isn't there like, well, I see you anyway. Right. You know, like, right. Yeah. No, he's yeah. a gentleman. He's like, he is. The Lord's going to say, hey, I'm waiting here until you yeah. reveal yourself to me. Yeah. Reveal yourself to me and I will sit here and I will wait for you. I'm not going to force my way into your heart. Mm. And I think that as, especially as women, we really need to understand that. That, that, and I just think about so many people in the last, you know, 10 years, people who have been on social media and in this culture since their teenage years, Mm. sometimes it's a little bit harder to kind of like make that jump to, okay, this is my face, but then this is who I really am and really become comfortable in the messiness, right? Mm. And in the messiness and in just not it's not perfect. It is difficult. There is a struggle. There is sin in our lives. There's yep. sin in our lives. Everybody has it. You yep. know? Mm-hmm. Let's write the confession today, you know, but just to realize that, that the Lord is there waiting for us and asking us very gently to be vulnerable when we're mm. ready. It's yeah. Perfect. I love that. So I think maybe our last question Yeah. Uh, before we wrap up, um, this was a question that Suzanne had written. What is one piece of advice you wish you could have told yourself 20 years ago when you first started the journey of marriage? <laughs> Literally, the first thing that came to my mind is shut up and listen more. Oh my gosh, I feel like that's I'm like, okay, you're talking to me now. Just shut your mouth. But that is, shut your mouth. <laughs> and that is my personality, you know, so Same. that's not like advice for every woman, obviously. Some right. women need to be told you need to talk more maybe, you know, but right, for right. me personally, like that's, that's the first thing that came to my mind. Um, the, uh, you know, but I think that um, something that would probably be more helpful for more people, maybe, <laughs> maybe the shut up thing would, would I actually love it. <laughs> I know me great. too. We're both like, yep, great. Shut up. <laughs> but also, but I think the, um, the listening is just so key. And just to see behind, like when you have disagreements with your spouse, or even when you don't, just like even in just like regular living, to always be ready to kind of see behind the words, you know, mm. see behind the words and really kind of understand the context of where your husband is coming from. Mm. And just to really see him when he's frustrated, when he is happy, when he's joyful, when he's worried to just really not just hear his words, but just see him as a whole person. Mm-hmm. And that just like a beautiful, amazing man that God has created him to be and have 
you know, that image, like we hold that image of our husbands in our mind of who we believe that they can be Mm. and just, and just kind of receive, you know, receive the gift of who he is, um, through your conversations and in in going deeper in him and, and with him. And, you know, like I said, just, and that comes through listening, but it's, it's so much listening in that fuller context. Totally. No, I love that. Well, this was such an honor, Alicia. Thank you so much. And we will be putting all of your show notes. And I didn't know if before we close up, is there anything else that you want to let us know that your ministry has got going on right now that our listeners should maybe check out, uh, would be interested in? Because I personally know some things. So I didn't know if there were some things that I could just speak to myself, but I figure you're probably better than me yes, yes. Yeah. But, um, actually, this summer, in starting in June, uh, starting in June, I am going to be doing a course for mothers and daughters. Mm. Um, it's basically helping mothers to talk to their daughters about the change of becoming a woman. Mm. So it's really geared from ki- for daughters who are between eight and like fourteen. Target age really is like ten to twelve, mm-hmm. and it's a course for moms and daughters to do together. And we do not talk about men at all. This wow. is purely about menstruation. It's about emotional health. It's about physical health. Um, it's a five week course. I've done it before. It is fabulous. It is yeah. so much fun. And you meet all these other mothers and daughters from all over the country, all over the world. And at the same time, so I'm going to do that on Thursday nights. My husband will be doing a course for fathers only just fathers talking about to help them to be mentors to their young sons. Oh, I love it. We thought it would be harder for the sons to kind of like sit in front of, like girls are different, right? Right, we could talk and chat for hours, yep. Exactly, exactly. And so we decided to do the course just for dads to talk to their, you know, eight to 12-year-old son, eight to 13-year-old son about the same thing, growing up, becoming a man, all of that. So he'll be instructing the dads on that. And so you can go to our website to get information about that. We're also doing a course for parents to help them. It's kind of like um, planning out their year. We call it the family board meeting. (laughs) I'm like obsessed with this whole idea. So I'm so glad you're talking about it. Yeah. So we have a podcast on the family board meeting that you can go and and, uh, listen to. But the family board meeting is simply just, it's a way of parents discovering their unique values within their family and then making goals for their family based on their values. And we really believe it's the key to living intentionally and having an intentional Catholic family life. That is so, so important for today. Again, more web, more in, uh, information on messyfamilyproject.org. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We'll put all that on our show notes. This is unbelievable. I literally am sitting here like, how are you on our podcast? You are <laughs> remarkable. Alicia, the things that you're doing, you are moving. You are, God is working through you and your husband so beautifully. And I'm so thankful, Suzanne. Um, she told me about your podcast probably earlier this year. I mean, you've mentioned before, but she's like, you really not. I've just, I've <laughs> delved into it so deeply and you've been a game changer. So oh, for great. everybody listening, we just fully, fully recommend checking out this podcast. Um, and we're so grateful. Thank yeah. you so much for being oh, here. Oh, thank you for having me on. This was so much fun. Yay. This was really, really so much Yay. fun. Yay. <laughs> All right. Well, you have a wonderful evening. And you tell uh, Mike, who I'm also a big fan of. Yeah. Uh, I tell Mike we said hi. And uh, God bless you Will guys. All right. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you so much for listening to Susanna and Julie's podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on each week's episode. Please consider leaving a review and sharing with a friend so they can continue to spread God's message. 
You can also follow them on Instagram and latteandlaundry.com. 